Welcome to the What Three Words Sketch Comedy Podcast. We're a group of comedians who, encouraged by cruel friends and jealous family, have started a podcast. We host from a location selected from the What Three Words app and create sketches inspired by those words, with stunning reviews such as, yes, that was a sketch, no, that joke isn't the worst thing you've ever said, and your father and I have been talking and we think you should stop hanging out with us. Gear up for a great time, and welcome to episode one, Force Quench Flute. Hi, I'm Ben. And I'm Adrienne. And we're your hosts for the first episode of the What Three Words podcast. We're currently in Grove Park in Oxford. And our sketches for this episode are based on the words force, quench and flute. That's cool. Did you know I was a flutist growing up? Someone who plays the flute is called a flautist. I know. I just hated people who played the flute. Also, why did we pick this location? We could have been inside, anywhere else, and we're in a park while it's pouring rain. But look at the beautiful architecture. Where could be better? Um, Barbados, perhaps? Think of all the great things that probably happened in this park. Sir Roger Bannister, training to break the four-minute mile. Stephen Hawking, contemplating black holes by that tree. David Cameron, shagging a pig behind that bush. On that note, let's hear the first sketch. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. Coming soon to theaters and the musical space adventure that you've all been waiting for. Meet Hans Cello. He's just a space pilot who would have sold his soul for rock and roll, but nobody was buying it. Captain Cello, maybe it's time you give up on your dream to be the galaxy's hottest rock star. Hold on, C3 Piano. Don't you miss rocking out? I beg your pardon, but you're not a satanic sexy god anymore. You're a pilot. The possibility of you successfully navigating a musical career is approximately 3,720 to 1. True, Rocker. You're out of key again. But Hans Cello's luck is about to change. Incoming message, Captain. This is Princess Eucalea, head of the Alderaan Prep School. Captain Cello, we're looking for a substitute teacher to start immediately. How much payment are we talking here? Well, more than you can imagine. Ha, I'm in. Now, at the most prestigious prep school on Alderaan, he's going to teach them a lesson that will rock their planets. Hey, you kid, what's your name? I'm Flute Skywalker. That's Bantha Father. Hokey musical and ancient instruments are no match for a good electric guitar, kid. Rock and roll is about feeling. What makes you mad, Skywalker? Um, doing chores on my moisture farm back on my home planet of Tambourine. Don't say it. Sing it. Hit it, Guitar 2D2. Oh, you sad people. Get out of my way. No, 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 no,
Because I'm gonna use the force today! Yeah, I feel your angst. Jack Black, starring in Star Wars, Galaxy of Rock, coming soon. I have a bad feeling about this. Clip Clop, the game show with the honkiest prizes and the clonkiest surprises. I'm your charming host, Dermot McGurdles, and let's begin by meeting our contestants. First up, we have Caroline from Aberdeen. Hi, Caroline. How are you today? <laughs> Hi, I'm great. Thanks. I'm great too, Caroline. Thanks for asking. <laughs> Seriously, though, I'm here too. So, Caroline, what makes you tick? What do you do? Well, I'm a doctor for the NHS. And I volunteer at a nursing home on the weekends. We have a veritable saint on our hands, folks. I too give back by putting a can of soup in that little food bank bin at the shop till every week. <coughs> it's just, if we counted how many people we've helped, I think my number might be higher. But let's move on to our second contestant. Hi there, Adam, is it? Yes, uh, my name's Adam, and I'm extremely excited to become the new Glip Glop champion. Woo! Okay, Adam, let's remember who's in charge here. I'm the host, and you legally have to respect that. Do you have any hobbies? Any small side things that don't take up a lot of your time or seem impressive? I'm in a garage band. That's great. And, and we just got signed to Universal Records. We'll be opening up for Coldplay in the fall. That's enough clapping. Thank you. Well, they say the music's an industry based purely on luck. So Paul sure McCartney wants go- to produce our album. He said he wishes he'd written our songs. Paul's dead. Uh, no, he isn't. You're dead. What? What? Moving on. Everyone tonight seems to be so successful and giving, which is great. It's really glop great that you're great. Our final contestant for the evening is Marco. Marco. What's your deal? And I swear to God, Marco, it better be reasonably attainable and a little bit sad. Not much, really. Are you... are you sure? Yeah. I live in my parents' basement, play a lot of video games, eat processed cheese, alone. That's amazing! Folks, give it up for Marco! I know I'm not supposed to pick favourites, but Mark and I'll try to slide some easy questions your way. <laughs> oh, no need, mate. I made that five years ago. That sold for £30 million, so oh not here for the money. No, 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 no. If you're not here for the money, then what the fuck are you here for, Marco? Who cast this show, huh? I said only people here who are worse than me. How does it look if the host is the shittiest guy here? I'm going to lose my house this month if I don't do well at this. Fuck's uh, I, I have debt too. Ah. It's too late, Caroline. I don't want your pity debt. It's pretty bad. That's that's why I'm here. Really? You mean it? Yeah. The community center lost their funding, so I remortgaged my house so I could pay for it. You I... son of a <laughs> bitch, you fucking traitor, you. I can't believe it. I'm here every fucking week. This episode of Clip Glop has been cancelled. 
For more clunk bleepos, check out our sister game show, Should This Person Live or Die, where someone dies every episode based on your real-time text votes. Also, Marco paid for Caroline's mortgage and gave no money to the host because he didn't like his vibe. Thank God you're here. Please, I've lived here almost my entire life. Please help. Don't worry, sir. We'll get it under control. Boys, get the hoses out. Let's hose this mother down. And... Okay, fellas. Now turn them off. He's had his complimentary gallons. What do you mean, complimentary gallons? Well, as I'm sure you're aware, you've got to pay for any fire services now. And from what I can see, you are not on a contract, sir. So, you're on a pay-as-you-go at the moment, and you've just had your complimentary 100 gallons of water. Uh, so now you're going to have to cough up for some more. You want me to pay now, when my house is burning? It's an exchange, isn't it? If I put out your fire now, you've already received the service. I mean, what if you don't pay? I can't give you the service without receiving the payment first. Do you see what I mean? Okay, well, how much is pay-as-you-go? Pay-as-you-go is a pretty good deal. It's £50 per gallon. And how many gallons do you need to take out this fire? Assuming that the blaze doesn't restart, or it's not a chip pan fire, mm, I'd say about 20000 usually does it. Wait, let me do the maths on this one. So it'll cost me £1 million to put out this fire on pay-as-you-go? Yes, but we do have some very affordable contracts that you can opt in for. Look, Fane, what contracts do you have? Well, we've got our lowest here. That's the Embers Pack. That gets you 5,000 gallons of water. That's obviously not going to work for me. It's a budget option, all right. We cater to all budgets. Some people have bungalows, you know. Quickly, please, what else? Well, given the situation here, you're probably going to want to go for our Blazing Inferno Pack, which gets you unlimited water. Fine, great. Send me up for that one. Oh, fantastic. And do you mind the roaming charges? What? Oh, the roaming charges. Just in case you need the fire service when you're not at home. You know, like if you get in a car accident or you catch fire at work. Yes, well, obviously I like that. Add it. You know, we're doing an offer at the moment. If you sign up to this contract, you actually get a faster response time from police and ambulance services. You'll get put down as a VIP. It's pretty good. Great, fine. Just sign me up. All right, I've got your details from the database, but we're going to need to run a credit check first. Are you serious? Yep, just to make sure you can afford this. Hurry up. It only takes a few minutes. Oh, we're also doing a referral scheme at the moment, where you'll get your first month for free if you get someone else to sign up. Do you know anyone else planning on having a fire soon? No, I don't. Has the credit check completed? It has, as a matter of fact. And, uh uh-oh... Oh, more bad news, sir. Um, you've not got a suitable credit score for this contract. We can't offer it to you, unfortunately. Run it again. That's not true. Sorry, uh, I can't. I can only run it once every six months. But my house? Yeah, well... Now what? We'd love to help, but you know how it is. So you're leaving? Yeah. What am I supposed to do about the fire? Not our problem, unfortunately. Have a nice day, sir.
Do you have a sore throat? Feeling blue? Sometimes the solution doesn't have to be hard. Research shows that a bit of water every day leads to a longer, happier life. But you'd know that if you bothered to read the news. Your doctors have been telling you, celebrities have been telling you, and your urine is as yellow and as thick as mustard that's been left on the counter for a week. Like a boiled down Simpsons character, your pee is almost brown. And that's disgusting. You're disgusting. Water. Why do you think Beyonce looks so good for her age? It's not access to expensive anti-aging treatments. It's because she picks up eight glasses of H2O every single damn day and she chows down. She is 97 years old. Drip, drip, bed. If you just drank water, Maybe you'd have a real job. Maybe people wouldn't talk so much behind your back. Maybe you'd finally be worth knowing. There are days where you don't even drink one glass of water. You get up, you shower, which is water, and you stand there and cry. Also water. And you just watch it go down the drain, spiraling like your life. Splash. But still, you apparently can't drink it. How did you pass grade 2 math if you can't even be trusted to sip on something that falls out of the fucking sky, you repulsive pockmark on the human race? You're not even grateful for what you have. And you have so little. Uh-oh, is someone sad? So no matter if you're having dry skin or you rightfully hate yourself, there's a water for you. Water. The more you drink, the less you deserve to die. Cheers to that. Darren, you're late. Again. The orchestra was supposed to start rehearsing an hour ago. You know we're performing for the actual President of the United States, right? As in, tonight. Today. We can't afford for you to be late. Yeah, no, you're totally right. I'm completely sorry, but I'm ready and I'm here. Wait, Darren, what's that? What do you mean? I'm asking you what that is that you've brought to play at the orchestra. In this case? Yes, in that case. Well, it is, uh, it's my flute, isn't it? I played the flute in the orchestra. Look, mate, I'm not an idiot. That's obviously not a flute in there. Oh, come on, Craig, this is ridiculous. Why would I bring anything else? Open the case. Fine. See? A flute. Pick it up. Okay. Now blow in it. Okay. <gasps> I'd like you to go home and get your flute. It's nice we mythical figures can get together every month for a drink. You know, decompress. Cheers to that. And to all a good night. It would be even better if the Easter Bunny was on time for once. You try having 20 new babies every month. 20 rabbits, 28 each. That's 560 new teeth. Easy now. The last time Tooth Fairy got this excited about her job, she ripped a molar right out of an eight-year-old's mouth. That was one time. And it was about to come out anyway. You know, in like a week or two. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, that's nothing. One time, a woman found me at the end of the rainbow and won a gold coin fair and square. But I forgot to take the magic off before giving it to her. What? She only lost a few fingers. She's fine. Really. (laughs) If by fine you mean settled out of court, ho, 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 ho. <laughs> And what did you do to those ungrateful little slobs, Santa? Me? No, no. Not even a reindeer has so much slipped on an icy roof. Oh, come on. Come on. Well, uh, okay, uh, 
One time, a kid, little Robert in Oxford, asked for a flute, desperate to be an orchestra musician. Begged me for it, wrote three letters saying his parents couldn't afford it, and I bought him a recorder instead. <laughs> the one that goes forward instead of to the side? Yeah. Lad, that's messed up. What? It's cruel. We ran out of flutes. I didn't have time to go back to the North Pole for another. Let's just uh, move on. One time when I was hiding Easter eggs, I put one by a well and a young boy fell in. He needed to learn to swim sometime. (laughs) (laughs) One year, when I ate too many cookies and... Shut your sick, twisted mouth, Santa. You stole the gift of music. What? It really wasn't a big deal. I swear. Oh, now Santa swears. Christ almighty. No way! Is that worse than what you did? You caused children harm! Not emotionally, we didn't. Not long-term, dream-crushing harm. I bet little Robert smokes drugs now. Or worse. What could be worse than drugs? We need to relax, alright? Everyone just remember why we're here, you know? We're here to... Get wasted and go home with the Grim Reaper? Uh, Okay, that's why you're here. But as a group, we're here to build a community. You're right. Sorry. It's fine, it's fine. I'm just glad I didn't tell you about the time I gave a kid a tissue box and dental floss instead of a cello. I... I have to go home. I've got to see my 20 kids. I've got to remind myself there's something good in the world. Nick? Yeah, Easter Bunny? Don't you ever come to my house Christmas morning again. I'll buy my own Christmas presents and just tell the kids it's from you. I'm not coming to the next one of these. I need some time to forgive. To forgive? Homeless. Oh, leave me alone, Grim. I'm not in the mood. <laughs> my friends! And that's how the tradition of parents buying Christmas gifts and just saying it's from Santa Claus started, continuing strong today. Because that dude is sick, a psychopath, a therapist's wet dream, a recorder, are you serious? That's not even close to a flute, okay? And Robert from Oxford did smoke drugs. He smoked them from the recorder. The year is 1667. The handsome, young scientist Isaac Newton sits beneath an apple tree, contemplating the mysteries of the universe. And suddenly... What's this? An apple has fallen on my head. Eureka! It's gravity! Oh! Mr. Newton! What? Who's that? It's me. Gravity! I can't believe you're finally talking to me! Yes, thank you, Gravity. Oh, you've helped me understand that the very same force that brings an apple crashing towards the ground is also the force that keeps the moon falling into Earth. Oh, stop it, you! (laughs) I shall write a new law 
today about how you are an attractive force. Oh, you're pretty attractive yourself. I must go home at once to do some calculations. Wait, you're leaving? There's so much to think about. The, the mass, the velocity, the... But you could stay here for a while. We could get to know each other. I could show you how my space is curved. I beg your pardon? Oh, I know we only just met, but I've been around for billions of years just waiting for you to call out my name. Oh, this is a bit awkward. I didn't know you existed until a moment ago. You don't like me. No, you're great. I'm just not... ready to commit. There are lots of forces out there. Electromagnetic, nuclear... I want to experience them all. It's just typical. No one could ever love me. It's because I'm too weak. I'm the weak one. You deserve better. As I always say, every action has an equal opposite reaction. Vis-a-vis, -vis, I'm sure there's someone out there for you. Really? Yeah, but probably not for a couple hundred years or so. And so gravity waited and waited. Join us next time when we journey to the year 1963 and meet a brilliant man in a chair. You fascinate me, gravity. Let's bang. A big bang. Hi everyone, Follow John here, and welcome to the St. Joseph's Primary School fundraiser. We hope to have a great day. And just a reminder that Jean is selling raffle tickets for our top prize of six Balik champagne flutes. Hi Jean, could I buy two raffle tickets for the champagne flutes? Ah oh, Maureen, now what would you want with champagne flutes? You know they can get very dusty. It'll be a nightmare to keep clean. You have to invest in some top quality cleaning materials. You'd be best avoiding them. Listen, Janice is raffling off some beer glasses her husband took from a Witherspoons. I think that's more your thing. I already have two tickets for the beer glasses. I also want a ticket for the champagne flutes. Well, I've sold out. I can see that the book is nearly full. Look, you've only sold one ticket and it's to yourself. I admit it. I was trying to keep the champagne flutes for myself. It's only because the glasses are cursed. Yes, a plague of locusts will fall upon anyone who drinks from them. Do you expect me to believe that? Well, you do send your children to Catholic school. Just sell me a ticket. Oh, I think someone might have a gambling problem. I can get Father John to set up a support network for you. Oh, Father John! Yes, how can I help? Maureen here seems to have a gambling problem. Hold on a minute. Jean is trying to keep the champagne flutes for herself. Not for myself, actually. You see, my mother had a stroke and these champagne flutes are just like the ones her grandmother had when she was growing up. And it's her dying wish to have one last drink from these glasses. Oh, that's awful. I know. Hold on. Is that not your mother over there? Hello, Mrs McGee. Ah, oh, hi, Maureen. Jean said you had a stroke. Not that I remember. 
I did have a touch of heat stroke last week, if that's what you mean. Oh, dearie me, this is all very complicated. I think the only fair option is to give the flutes the mooring. Thank you, Father. Can I just have a minute? I'm just going to ring my husband. He'll be so excited. Johnson's bookies? It's Maureen. Restart my tab. I'm back. Ben, I'm going to read some Oxford facts from my guidebook to win you over. OK, I'm game. Did you know that Oxford has more published authors per square mile than anywhere in the world? I suppose I would find that interesting if I was a tweed or whiskey salesman. Oxford University was established 922 years ago. Approximately how long it takes to pay off a student loan. Every college has a tortoise. They all tried to race each other one time, but it got hairy. Hair like a rabbit. Largest bookshop in the world. It's pretty lit. Literature. The University Museum of Natural History has the most complete specimens of the mummified dodos. I know, we were there earlier. Actually, that was the Students' Union. But look at this list of famous Oxonians. People like Oscar Wilde, Professor Stephen Hawking, Ken Loach. I see they forgot to include Nick Griffin on the list. Fair enough. Time for another sketch. Let's do it. Entering the last mile here, Jane. Time to dig deep. Making good time, Alicia. Want to grab something from the drink stand for the final sprint? Oh, no. My marathon training book says that slowing down to drink can add up to five minutes to your marathon time. I never drink during a race. I was just asking you, you know. I actually read in Runner's Life magazine that the weight from the water your body retains can add seven minutes to your time. So I refuse to drink on the morning of a race. That's nice. I read on a running blog there's significant evidence that drinking water can impact long-term performance. So I don't drink during the week of a race. I saw on Twitter that drinking water weakens your immune system. I mean, think about it, dude. How are you meant to drink and breathe at the same time? You know, I don't drink for a couple weeks before race day. A fella in the pub pointed out to me that water causes death. That made me question everything I know. What are we really putting into our bodies? So, I haven't drunk anything for months. I never told you this, but a year ago I was given a leaflet claiming that God is the only drink you need. I haven't touched a drop of water since. A taxi driver once told me that they're putting chips into the water to control us. And scientists are in the pockets of the powerful water companies like Avion and Perrier. And they're telling us that we need to drink when we don't. I'm not a sheep, so I haven't had a sip of water for at least five years. I saw some graffiti saying that no one has actually done any proper research into drinking water. Yeah, there's scientists, but I don't know those guys. When was the last time someone you knew died of dehydration, you know? That's why I haven't had a drink of anything in the last ten years. Where are we? Where did the finish line go? Arise, my children. I am Saint Peter. 
you are both about to enter the kingdom of heaven because you're both idiots. Imagine trying to run a marathon without drinking water. Do you know what your body needs to regulate temperature? Is it conspiracy theories? Nope, it's water. Quick quiz. What does every single cell in your body need to work? Water. Very good. And you, what have you got to say for yourself? Hey Alicia, last one to the pearly gates has to neck a pint of Evian. Darren, finally, have you got it? It's right here. You're kidding me, aren't you? This is a joke. I, I, I know what a flute is. I brought you a flute and I'm going to play it in the orchestra. Get it out right now. I'm not going to blow on it. That's how you got me last time. So you know it's not a flute then? Well, I, it, it is a flute. Play it. <gasps> I want you to go home right now and quit joking around. We've got a performance in front of the actual present that, and if we don't pull this off, we're never going to be taken seriously ever again. Now go! Officers Jacobs and Jerome are in position. We're parked across from the Oxford Central Bank and waiting for the unchained gang to make their move over. Ah, this is what it's all about. Being on a stakeout with my best friend. I made special sandwiches for our big day. Want one? Go on then. So you're not going to say anything then? I'm sorry, what? Oh, nothing. I just made you that lovely sandwich and didn't even get so much as a thank you. I'm sorry. Thank you for that wonderful sandwich. Now keep your eyes on the bank. You're expected to attack any time now. It's just typical behaviour from you. You didn't even notice that I cleaned the car out this morning. I got that ultimate black cherry air freshener just for you. I'm allergic. I'm coming out in a rash. Look, I didn't ask you to do any of that. Please, can we just focus on the bank? Stop changing the subject. Do you know how difficult it is being your partner? Your mother criticising everything I do. Oh, so we're doing this then? She only criticises because she's the chief of police and you haven't solved a case for five years. Oh, there you go, putting me down again. I'm not putting you down. I just think that you need to be less uptight. Maybe I'm uptight because you're always making me the bad guy. I'm the one who has to lay the law down to the criminals. Well, you're just Mr. Funtime Policeman. Oh, smoking weed is actually less harmful than cigarettes. You think you're so cool. Maybe you need to take a night off and smoke some weed. I heard that. And that's another thing. We never go out anymore. When we were first partnered together, we used to go out all the time. Every night after work, we'd have a few beers, stay out all night long. Now all you care about is your wife and kids. It's just that I stay up late with the baby and when I come to work, I'm tired. Also, we went out with a couple of guys last week. But it's always with your friends. There's never anything I want to do. They are your friends too. They like both of us equally. No, they don't. You have all your inside jokes from the academy that you love to rub in my face. I know what's really going on. I see the way you look at the new recruits. I can see you thinking you'd love to be their partner. But they can do things I can't do. And who can blame you? 
I know I let myself go since I sprained my ankle while marshalling the older people at the Sea Alliance charity bake sale, but old people can be aggressive. That's not true, and I'm sorry that I made you feel that way. I must admit, listening has never been my strong suit. We need backup. But that's going to change now. Give me a hug. I love you, man. Oh my God, they have a bomb! I just heard you. What follows will be a public service announcement from the Royal Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Fires. Fires. To you, they may seem dangerous, too hot, and capable of causing great destruction and pain. You, unfortunately, have an untrained eye. If you tune into your local broadcasts, you may hear news about forest fires, house fires, or even fires on oil rigs that take days to put out. This is the fire in its natural habitat. Fire is here to help us, and together we can make sure that the flames that seem so dangerous can actually be used to the betterment of humanity. Take, for example, a person ignited and shrouded in flames, crying in pain and begging for any assistance. The fire has chosen them. Do not extinguish the flames. The sacrifice may even attempt to stop, drop and roll to put out the fire, but this must not happen. For once a fire has started, it can only be extinguished once it has fully consumed. You must make sure that the fire continues until the sacrifice has fully expired. Add fuel, always have lighter fluid on hand, and remove any water from the surrounding area. And once the fire completes its life, give yourself a pat on the back. You have facilitated another sacrifice to our Supreme God. And what about if you see a fire in the wild? Well, we say, let it be. If you are taking a jaunt through your local forest, let the fire trample and destroy it. But what if there are no fires? Well, you should go ahead and start your own. Perhaps the local bank is looking particularly agreeable to a blazing inferno, or the bus depot deserves to be engulfed in the healing flames of our Lord. These are crusades you should take upon yourself. You may even be tempted to set yourself alight too. After all, the prickly tongue of embers are certainly inviting. But don't. We cannot continue the mission of protecting fires if supporters of our cause self-immolate. Remember, fire is best enjoyed when someone or something else is alight, not you. Thank you for listening to this public service broadcast from the Royal Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Fires. Happy burning, and glory to our Lord and Saviour, and glory to our Lord and Saviour. May he forever burn, forever smolder, and forever bring the licks of the embers to our feet. Well, team, this has been a great night out and a great financial year. I'll just top up my flute of champagne and then we can toast to our fiscal success. To us.
Assurance Capital. And let's just sort out the bill now. Let's see. Frederick, you had half a pint of lager. Lisa, lime and soda. Doug, tap water. And I had a bottle of the 1961 vintage Dom Perignon champagne with a hint of barley sugar to myself. So when we split that down the middle, that comes to 89 pounds and 14 pence each. Oh, and don't forget to tip. Houston, that's confirmed liftoff for Apollo 15 on July 26, 1971, 09.34 hours. The amount of times I've asked NASA to not milk the countdown and just start from three, it already drags on. I know. I'm just glad to get away from the wife and kids. This is like a break for me. I do have one job for you. An extra mission which the Chief thinks you'd be the best man for. Wow, I'm honoured. What is it? Well, it's a bit of an unusual request, but one of utmost importance for a close friend of the Chief. It appears there is a strong belief, particularly among mothers, albeit currently unfounded, that placing a baby's umbilical cord in a significant place, like say, the moon, can lead to a richer, better and more joyous life for the child later in life. What the bejesus Hail Mary of God! Are we really being forced to do this? Yes. Not only by the chief, but also in the name of science. I mean, what if it's true? Well, then my kids are fucked. Their umbilical cords went straight in the bin. I know it sounds bizarre, but don't you want to find out if leaving this kid's umbilical cord on the moon leads to him being this great pioneer in the understanding of the universe or commercial space travel, all thanks to us? I do like the sound of that. Okay, I'll do it. What's this kid called? Uh, Elon Musk. With that name? He needs all the help he can get. <laughs> Alright, so where is it? Here, uh, oh, oh, uh, oh. I, uh, I thought that bag was sealed. Dear God, make it stop! Just catch it with your teeth! It's really slippery! Do it. For Elon. For Elon! For Elon! Mr. President, it's an honour to meet with you. I have brought my most accomplished flautist who has prepared for you a very special piece to perform today. I'd like to introduce you to Darren. Darren, please take it away. Thank you. Mr. President, I like to call this piece Ode to the American Dream. <gasps> Next time, I get to choose the three words location. It can't be at your mum's house. But. There's, okay, well, you know, there's no reason that it can't be that. Let's just get out of here. Thanks for listening, everyone. See you next time on, on the, the What Three, Three Words, Words Sketch, Sketch Comedy, Comedy Podcast. Podcast. You know that's my line. You know that's my line. Mm-hmm.